It's my pleasure to introduce Michael Palin to the Dimmicks podcast. Michael, thank you for coming. It's a pleasure. Michael, you've had an illustrious career in TV and film, and I can't believe it's over 20 years since uh, Around the World in 80 Days. I know, it is. It's, uh, it's getting on for 24 years since we set out on that journey. Yeah. How did you make that journey from you know traditional film and TV into the travel documentary game? Uh, it was just a bit of serendipity. I happened to be um, unemployed at the time. I, I um, had just finished making A Fish Called Wanda with John Cleese. Uh, there were no other films of similar kind of uh, uh, quality around. Uh, Python had come to an end about four years earlier. So I was just kind of sitting about, quite nice actually, not being busy. And the BBC rang up out of the blue and said, we've got this new idea, this project, and you're the perfect person to do it. You're the only person who can do it. Uh, go around the world in 80 days with a camera following you and no aircraft and see if you can still do it the way you did in the past. So, um, yeah, I said yes. It was only halfway around that I realised I was the fifth person they'd asked to do it. <laughs> and, you know, you've, you've made, since then you've made many, many documentaries. Um, but why Brazil? What, how did that come about? Uh, I, I hadn't really planned to go to Brazil, but I was aware that I'd not been there, and I ought to at some point. And then uh, in the mid, sort of, uh, yeah, about sort of five, six years ago, uh, Brazil became much more talked about as a big economic superpower. Then it got the World Soccer Cup in 2014, then it got the Olympics mm. in Rio in 2016. And... Um, it was going to, obviously clearly going to be a country that people are going to be talking about a lot more. And I thought, I've got to go and see it. Mm. And I'd never been there, so I asked my old team, my camera crew, uh, would they like to stagger out yet again, 24, mm. 24 years on? And they all said, yes, let's have a go. And so we, um, we went to have a look at Brazil and see what was there beyond the obvious sun, sea and samba. Where the first episode aired on the weekend in Sydney, yes. and it was... I was blown away by just the diversity and yeah. the colours and the yeah. lifestyle. And I suppose one of the things, it's such a sexy country. How do they reconcile the sexiness with also being a deep religious country? Yeah, well, that's very interesting. I suppose they could go to, go to confession yes. uh, on, uh, on the weekend. But it's, um, I think they're not embarrassed in any way about the body and... and mm. And uh, it's very sunny. There's a big beach culture where people wear very little and sit on the beach. And I think it's not considered, you, you know, um, it's not considered something that uh, is, is bad. Celebrating the body, um, admiring other people's bodies, it's just part of, part of life there. And as I say, it's not something which seems to embarrass them. Um, and religion has sort of changed. I mean, there's... Catholicism, there's also the African religions mm. which are much more so animist and spiritualist but evangelical religions are very big there now, that might see a change there's some some kind of moral disapproval mm. creeping in I hope that's not going to be too big You mentioned you got the old team back together for Brazil, yes. uh, one of those uh, members is Basil Powell Yeah, that's right And he, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your book here and it's all it, it, in its own right. The book is a visually exciting piece. How, how do you work with Basil? How does that process work? Basil, I first met when he did the book of Monty Python's Life of Brian. He okay. designed it all those years ago, in 1978. He was a bright guy from Hong Kong. Um, when we went to Hong Kong and around the world in 80 days, I called in to see him with the camera there, and there was Baz. He just got his new baby. Mm. 
Um, and he came with us to photograph part of Around the World in 80 Days, the Chinese section. Mm. And then when I came to do uh, a, a second documentary, which is North Pole to South Pole, Pole to Pole, I said, Bass, would you like to come along as resident photographer? Because we see these amazing places. There's never time for me or anybody else to mm. take all the photos you need. So you can be there. We, we've got a brilliant cinematographer. What we really need is good stills. And he said yes, and he's been part of the team ever since. He's great. He's very good at food and getting meals wherever you are in the world. <laughs> and make sure we have a good essential. meal. Yes, essential. Yes, it is essential. Yeah. Um, so, Michael, how do you... When it comes to the book side of things, yes. do you write them as you're going? Do you write a travel log as you're going, or is it in retrospect? Uh, I I keep a um, very full notebook of my journeys, handwritten, and uh, when I come back from filming, which is usually about a three and a half week stint, then I sit down and I write that section of the journey up for the book using my written notes. I use a little tape recorder. Mm. Um, it's very tight, but uh, it's quite good to write it while you're fresh. Well, well, the memories yeah, are so. fresh. I'm not fresh, I'm exhausted, <laughs> but the memories are fresh in your mind. So that's how I do it. So I, I, in between each journey, I write the section of the book. So it's like a huge club sandwich at the end. <laughs> Interesting. Um, one of the things that, I mean, it's very common in sort of developing countries that I noted is there's such a vast uh, disparity between rich and poor mm. in Brazil living side by side. Mm. How, how does the poverty affect you when you're in um, places? I, well, I have to say that very often the people who have the least give you the most. Mm. They're the most welcoming, they're the most hospitable. And in many cases, in, in the poorer communities, they have to live much more sort of communally and cooperatively than people in richer areas where they can, tend to be sort of... Uh, you know, they, they tend to be sort of barriers separating them from each other. You know, you've got your own little mm. area of, of wealth and protection around you. So I quite, t I, I, I mean, I have been to some desperately poor places where people have nothing and are starving, and that is ghastly, and that's the most awful thing that you could ever see. But in Brazil, they, they are poorer, but they have a kind of way of life in the, in the shanty towns, mm. the favelas, which depends on sort of helping each other out. Unfortunately, the people helping them out tend to be sort of drug traffickers, hmm. um, and this is the big problem for Brazil: is trying to uh, break the power of the drug traffickers um, and return it to the people. Okay, it's really, it's, it looks like such a fascinating country to go to. Um, leads me to a question on this so-called Palin effect, which yes. is: you go places, then people follow. What's that all about? Well, it's only something I've heard about. I've, <laughs> I, I, um, I know that certain travel agents report a spike in bookings after I've been somewhere, but these are places which people don't go to very often. I, um, I remember it particularly with the Sahara, mm. and when we went on the Himalayan journey, places like um, Tibet, Bhutan, Pakistan, which mm. people don't tend to put on their first-choice list because it looks so good in the programmes, they tend to say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah we should absolutely. go there. So the bookings go up, and I'm told this is called the Palin effect. <laughs> I don't know how long it lasts. <laughs> My, Michael, um, where do you take holidays? When you're, I mean, yeah. these are working holidays, I suppose, but when, when you want to relax, where would you go? Well, it's quite boring. I mean, I go to uh, my wife and I and some of the family will very often go to France because my uh, sister-in-law has a, a house there, and I sort of farmhouse which um, they're still building after <laughs> 40 years 
Um, we go to Mallorca every year with my son, his wife, and our two grandsons. That's a rather more comfortable holiday with mm. a nice villa with a swimming pool. Or, or Helen and myself go, you know, we go to New York for the weekend, long weekend, or Barcelona, Antwerp, somewhere in Europe. Yeah. And are there any other documentaries planned? No. No, not at the moment. Okay. Michael Palin, thank you very much for spending some time with me in the Dimmits podcast. Um, you're the second receiver of ah. an official Dimmicks podcast oh, right. T-shirt. Yes. Um, so wear, thank you. W- wear this. Wear it your, with pride. 